auction industry can be an exciting and fast-paced way that Americans and the world can convert desired items into cash. But if you don't know how it all works, it can become quite confusing. Welcome to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. In this program, you will learn how merchandisers, attorneys, estate executors, retail outlets, and the general public are using the auction system to their benefit. And you'll find out how it all works. Now, here is Ed Spencer with co-host Luke Spencer. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the show here uh, today, this evening. Uh, we've got, a, I think, an informative show here for you today. Uh, uh, what I'm going to try to do is, is specialize on land auctions. Land auctions have been a big part of my business for a lot of years. I'm very familiar with them. And, uh, and that land auctions, the value of land really affects everybody. And uh, by that meaning, the wealth in the, in the United States of America today, even though if a person doesn't directly own farmland, chances are that someone in their family uh, owns land and maybe that wealth has been uh, passed down. And so it really does affect everybody. And, and, the, and the, not to mention the fact that uh, the United States of America, we feed, the, we feed ourselves and we also feed the world. So in that translation, you can't do that without land. Land has to come first. And so that is why I think it affects everybody. And we're going to try to uh, give you some insight today on land and land values and maybe how, uh, how uh, markets and, and, and values are, are, are assessed to land. And uh, so anyway, I guess what we're going to try to do here today, and, and we might not be real entertaining, but we're going to try to be informative. So uh, Luke's here with me, and he's going to kind of ch chime in from time to time and, and uh, as we go through the auction. Also, we want you to, to call in. Uh, your uh, your uh, input is very important to us. We'd love to talk to you about any questions you might have. And I thought maybe this topic here uh, this evening might spur some interest because of uh, yeah, it's one of the one of the uh, as I said one of the big factors in wealth in the United States of America today is land, and, uh, and it doesn't always have to be uh, agricultural land. It can be. Uh, uh, I just I just came from a little uh, uh, trip uh, down in the uh, southwest, and that goes to show even though it's not uh, uh, tillable land or agri agricultural uh, producing uh, land for commodities. It's still got a, good, a big value for uh, recreation homes, that kind of thing. So we're going to get into it today and kind of go through land and land auctions and give you a little uh, little uh, insight. We'd like to have you call in, as I said, uh, one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. And if you call in and uh, <clears throat> with your questions, we'll get to them and a little back and forth. You can ask any questions, any input. Uh, you don't always have to agree with what I say. You can you can take the other side, and, and uh, we welcome to uh, you know for a little one-on-one uh, -on -one back and forth conversation. So anyway, <clears throat> the in introduction we're going to say we're going to talk about the introductions to land auctions, and we're going to talk about just a little bit as to about why land is sold at auction. Well, the main reason is uh, to get money, you know, which is always popular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so anyway, so it's a good uh, wealth generating. If you've got land, why it, it is worth money. It, it, as I just said a minute ago, it doesn't always have to be uh, produced commodities. It can be just about any type of land, different uses. Uh, there's land that you, you grow commodities on. There's land that you drill oil on. There's land that you hunt deer and turkey on. 
Uh, there's land that you build on. As I said, I just come from the southwest, a little tour, and uh, land uh, in the Phoenix area down in there it can be just it can be strictly desert and still has a great great value, and a lot of times more value than commodity land or the commodity producing land will. So the auctions. Let's go back into the auctions. As I said values affect a lot a lot of people because. Maybe they're not farmers, but in back in there, this this country was was uh, started in the background is is farming, and uh, a lot of most everything generated from that. So it's not hard to go back in the families to a family's tree and find out somebody that owned land, or great grandpa, or grandpa, or dad, or great great grandpa owned land and and uh, was in agriculture, and that land got passed down and. And uh, hopefully, if you're lucky to have it passed down to you and sell it today, you're going to smile because it's it's worth a lot of money. Uh, when you, when a person wants a land auction, they'll call. Uh, we've been doing this for years, and so they'll call an auctioneer. Uh, an auctioneer gets his land, uh, gets his auctions based on his reputation and his uh, ability and strengths uh, to produce a, a good uh, auction and, and satisfactory re results for his clients. That's what everybody's after. They're also gonna, is knowledge. Yeah, knowledge. You're right, Luke. That's knowledge. And people, they call an auctioneer uh, for a couple different things. One auctioneer over another because they're comfortable with him or maybe they've had a good experience with him in the past. And uh, and they're going to put a lot of faith in that auctioneer to, to bring them their, their money. They want that auctioneer to do his job. They want him to, to get the full extent of that market. Many, many times a piece of land is only sold once through a generation. And so it, it, there's exceptions to that rule, but, but a lot of times it's just sold one time through that generation. So that speaks to why a person, people want to buy it uh, and, and why they want to sell it. If land's passed down, uh, land is a market. It goes up and down just like commodity markets do. Right now we're on the upswing or have been on the upswing for uh, – no, four or five years, and uh, and right now we might have hit just a little plateau. Uh, you can't say right today that it's just uh, going up, 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 but it's not going down, down, down. It's kind of uh, moderately kind of stabilizing, and, and uh, land values are stabilizing. Uh, and and one of the things that uh, uh, affects land, of course, there are different factors, but there, one of the factors is is availability. How much is on the market? The other is the quality of the land, and the big thing is uh, is the is the demand for the land, whether it be from farmers wanting to add uh, want to add uh, ground right next to them to bring a son or, or so or, or daughter into the into the farming operation, or if an investor wants want just as isn't happy with his return at the bank, which I don't want to make any bankers mad, but that's probably a pretty easy. That, that's a big factor. If you got if you got money in passbook savings, while well, you're looking for ways that'll bring you more. So, and land has done that. Land uh, typically, right today, can return in a higher price land three to five percent, and in instances more. So, that's a big uh, factor. But but let's go back, start a little bit about an auction. When an auctioneer, uh, or when a family, or an estate. Uh, uh, Sometimes uh, land can come on the market from a family that just because they want to retire, uh, they, they've reached a time in their life when they think, uh, well, they just will take a little leisure and they, maybe they don't have anyone to pass the land on to, so they call an auctioneer. Another, uh, another example would be a, an attorney uh, that's uh, in uh, his duties of uh, being an executor of an estate, uh, and he's, uh, had, he's 
tasked with the uh, with the duty of putting that that land on the market, uh, then he calls an auctioneer, and uh, so those are the basically you know or the guy that just just wants to sell it because he likes money, <laughs> you know he just he's just happy with what what his return. He sits there and figures out what his land's worth and say, well you know why not take that you know so so there can be many different reasons why why uh, you would call an, a land auctioneer so. They call a land auctioneer, and, and obviously I've been blessed in my life. We do a lot and a lot and a lot of them. So when when somebody calls us, why? Uh, first of all, what they want to know, the number one question after the small talk, and, and how are you, and what's the weather doing, and oh my, it's been a tough winter. They want to know, well, I've got a farm, and what's my farm worth? And that's the number one question you're gonna you're gonna find. And so everyone wants to know what that asset. It's a major asset, so they want to know what that farm's worth and uh, how it relates to me, you know, the bottom dollar. So the first thing an auctioneer does when he gets that call is he, again, after the small talk and talk about the weather, you say, well, where's your farm at? That, which is a big factor in, in what it's worth. So where, where's your land at? And they'll tell you. And, or they might say, uh, I'm sitting down here in Florida, but the land belongs to my grandma's estate, and it's uh, located in central Iowa or, or central Nebraska or central Minnesota or wherever. So, so then the next, the, the object, after you find out your due diligence and the, what about the land, you, you ask where the land's at, you, do you know the legal description of it, any kind of history and things, then, then an auctioneer usually takes a day or two or a week or whatever, depending on the size of the auction or the task at hand, you take uh, time to, to, to delve in and do your due diligence and, and research that piece of land. And by doing that, you look at the quality of the land. We'll get into the CSR ratings and productivity indexes. Of a lot of different states have a way to measure the quality of land. So that's a big deal, and 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 to determine what the price is, and 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 it's not an exact science. So, but uh, you can you should a good experienced auctioneer ought to have a good idea as to a range, a market range of that piece of land that he's that his client's inquiring about. So after you do your research, you uh, you come on and you uh, and and do your research. You get back to your client. You uh, visit with him. You usually make maybe a written repo- uh, proposal. Uh, you know, he first of all he might ask you for the quality of the or the uh, value of the land for a sale, or just just for general knowledge to work up to a sale. But you get back to him and you tell him what you think. You know, that you know the quality of his land, and you say, well, some of it's uh, sold just recently, not too far from you, and it should be such and such. So we're going to take a minute, a little break here, and we're going to come back and go farther in to delve in about the land auctions and and uh, how they're done and how they're set up. Take a little break, and we'll be back. Thank you. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. 
Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jaina at edspencer.com. That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com. And she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Hi, everybody. We're back. Uh, I'm Ed, and this is Luke. Say hi, Luke. Hello, everybody. How are you? And we hope everyone is fine out there this evening. Uh, In the first segment a little bit, uh, Luke just said, uh, can you spice it up a little bit? Well, I don't know. I I wouldn't uh, know if the the auction business is uh, truly exciting. It is. The auction itself is truly exciting, but uh, the the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of it, I don't know. But uh, we are on the business channel. And uh, one thing, there's a common denominator throughout most of the, of the uh, public, and that's uh, financial success, financial stability, and wealth, and that's where land is front and center. It doesn't, it doesn't get much better. I, well, I, I was going to say any better. I suppose if you had uh, the guy that owns 10 oil wells in Texas might call it. And just, still on land, though. <laughs> yeah, it's still on land. Yeah, yeah, it's still on land. Land comes first. Whether it's got oil on it or diamonds in it or gold in it or whatever, it's still land. Or trees. Or or trees, yeah, whatever. All kinds or just recreational value or producing what feeds America and feeds the USA. So anyway, the first segment we talked a little bit about why you might have an auction. You might have an estate. You might have, uh, you know, or my favorite way of getting an ownership would be uh, to inherit it. Yeah. Well, it's never happened to me, and, and probably never will. But a lot of people do, and so, and I get we get a lot of calls in a year's time about you know we inherited this uh, this piece of ground, and, and uh, we'd like to maybe think about turning it to cash and what's it worth. My first comment to them is, "Well, congratulations, because that's a <laughs> lucky you." Yeah. But, but that's a it's a great deal if you and if you're in that position, but. But it goes back, then again, my point is, is we go back and try to establish the value of that land. So the first question is, is to establish the value, you do your research, and uh, and then you go back to your client and say, hey, I think your land's worth, uh, no auctioneer, I don't think, in my, I'm not, anyway, I don't think there's any auctioneer saying your, your land is worth X amount of dollars. 
it's pretty tough to say it's worth this. It's, it's kind of a move, moving target. Land markets depend on a lot of things. As I said, they depend on the quality of land, where the land's at, and they depend on who's interested. Neighbors. Neighbors. That's right, Luke. Uh, neighbors uh, are a big, big factor. Just investors that are looking for return on them. But we just touched on the fact that I don't want to offend any bankers, but maybe the passbook uh, people that have money in the, in the savings aren't just tickled to death with it today. So they look for different things to put it in. And so land is one of them. And it has been good. And, and land investors have been a big factor in driving this land market. Now, we just established the fact that over the last four or five years, land has really, really uh, upped in value. And uh, again, the, the investors are, are big uh, in that land uh, uh, price appreciation as well as farmers. Uh, the next thing is that not only is it in demand, the investor wants it to make more money on his, to make more return on his investment. The farmer wants it for basically the same purpose, but he wants to expand his operation, grow corn on it, and make more money for his family and to buy more land and, he's, and to bring a boy into the, or, or daughter into the business. And, and so anyway, that's, that's uh, you know, that, that's how we establish it. So after we've established the, the value, what we think the value is worth, I usually give a, the uh, client a range. As I said, I don't know anyone smart enough to put a total, uh, a dollar figure on it. Uh, my assistants here with me, we do uh, valuations all the time. Jaina here all the time, and we, we always uh, give a, give a uh, an estimate or a range of what we think that land's worth. So at, at an auction on any given day, there's several different factors that might affect that. So I, I'll address a client, and I say your your land should be worth from from X to Y, and, and, and give him a range on what I think the market value of that land is. So then his reply is, you're either, thanks a lot, Ed, you're either, I, I agree with you and I'm happy, or I think you're all wet, you know, and, and, and I've got both, all responses throughout the years. But we've been doing this long enough, uh, our values aren't really usually all wet. They're really probably in the ballpark, and sometimes uh, they're what a, an owner wants to hear, and sometimes they're not. But the best thing you can do you, when you uh, work with a, a seller like that, you've got a fiduciary relationship to that seller to, to be honest with him and not to promise any, something you can't deliver. I mean, it's easy to say, well, it, it, well, I hit a common response when you throw out a value. Well, I thought it would be worth this, or cousin Bill's last month brought this, or it, it should be worth more. And 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 they could be right, as I said, it's not an exact science. But but still, whether they're right or wrong, you need to convey to them what your value, what you think that value is. You know, what we think, what I think I can get for that value, the, what the market will bear, or what the market value is. So after we do that, and they might say, okay, Ed, uh, we, we agree with you and whatever, we want to turn this farm to cash, okay? And I say, well, that's great. I'll explain to them uh, the, the uh, method of turning it to cash. Uh, the, it, it doesn't have to be sold at auction. Years ago, and I'm going back, oh, let's say back in early from 2000 to 2003, 2004, the, the, probably the primary method in our office was probably uh, listing which would, was there's no different listing a house. You'd list the, you'd list the land, you'd, put a, you'd come up and, and with our research and the client's uh, wants or needs or whatever, you'd put a value on that land. And then you'd list it, you'd advertise it, and you'd entertain, you'd advertise it in the papers. Now, this, today, you use the internet extensively all over the world, and we'll get calls all over uh, regarding our, our uh, 
or listings. But but you that would was the predominant method back then. So and and there was auctions thrown in. But but then along about two thousand two three four, the auctions really took off, and everybody realized, boy, we could take this to auction. A typical auction from the time you start it to the to you put the money in the bank on land. Now realize the show today is about land, so so for, that is usually about a sixty day turnaround. So from the time that guy calls you, uh, you well not maybe uh, I suppose from the time he calls you, you're probably closer to seventy seventy five days. But from the time he decides to proceed with that auction, and uh, you've got about a sixty day went uh, to advertise. That, that auction, you uh, explaining the process. Uh, I'm here. I'm and the one thing I got to be careful of. I, I think auction commissions and real estate commissions are they're not set in stone, so they're negotiable. And so the last thing I want to do is is to say, hey, I heard you on the radio, Ed, and you uh, said that that uh, auctioneers ought to charge such and such. I'm not going to go there. Uh, it is negotiable and it is competitive. There's a lot of good auctioneers out here. And they make their living that way, and uh, so it's competitive, and uh, but it is a big responsibility. So when auctioneers uh, and clients realize that auctioneers uh, need to get paid for what they do, paid for their expertise, for their knowledge, for their skill, and uh, sellers out there realize that. So you, you negotiate your auction commission, and what's included in that commission. As I said, it takes about thirty days from the time you start an auction to advertise it. So, and the reason it takes a while is because, you know, it's not like you're uh, going to auction a, an automobile or, uh, or household goods or something like that. It's a major purchase. Major purchase today, you know, you're, you're, when you start an auction, if, if a uh, piece of land's any size at all, you're in the millions before you know it. You're in the upper, uh, you, you know, it does an 80 acres today, uh, 40, 80 acres, a smaller tract. Is, is very popular because a lot of people can afford that smaller track, so it's not it's not uh, hard today to see a smaller track bring from eight to twelve thousand per per acre. So if you got a forty, you know, easy figure in ten thousand four hundred or whatever. So so when you decide that you're going to have the auction, decide to go ahead. You've got four weeks to advertise that, and the theory behind that is it takes. It kind of builds to a crescendo. You get the ad, you, you get the ads out there. Everybody can see them. Uh, they might that gives them time to generate some interest in that piece of land. Then it also gives them time to call their banker, which you know most people, most people do need a banker, and some don't. Some big investors, trust funds, uh, a lot of that. Uh, they're buying land today. They've got the money sitting there, really uh, uh, waiting and ready to go. But but if you're a farmer today, in a lot of situations you'll need the banker. So you call the banker up, give him time to uh, tell him what you're tell him what you're thinking, him time to digest it. He want maybe he might want to go out and look at the land, or he might want to uh, have an if uh, have an appraiser look at it ahead of the auction. Anyway, in short, he needs to make preparations. So so he'll make preparations uh, on that on that piece of ground and and get get ready to go to the auction. Auctions are not like they're different. In, uh, as opposed to, I talked about listings a minute ago. Well, listings are obviously where you, you advertise at a certain price, a piece of land for sale, and they contact you. Auctions are not that way. Auctions, uh, we won't, we're going to let the competitive bidding uh, uh, determine the price. So, so 
based on that, you know, no one knows exactly what they're going to give. So a, a, a potential buyer will go to a banker and, and basically you commonly get cleared for a price range. You know, he didn't go to that auction or what he can afford or what he can handle. So based on the buyer's strength, net worth, and interest rate that the banker quotes him, they'll usually come up with a figure and say, and tell Mr. Customer, we think you can handle X amount of dollars per acre on that land. And the bank, then the customer will either agree with him or won't agree with him and says, you know, Mr. Banker, I think I probably can handle that, whatever. So he goes to the auction, and uh, but that's the reason why it takes like four weeks in preparation to have the land auction. Okay, so then that takes you up to the to the the land auction and uh, itself. So after you book the land auction, you've negotiated with your client, you've uh, outlined what you're going to do for him and and uh, how you're going to handle it. Uh, you have to have a venue to have the land auction. A lot of land auctions, they used to all be held on the farm, or usually held on the farm. Today, uh, depending on the size and the glamour and the glitz, they might pick a, uh, pick a conference center, or they might pick a community center in a local town, or, or uh, it's a lot, and, and, one, and they're, that's popular today because you don't have to weather, worry about weather factors or anything like that. So after you pick a venue to have the auction, we've got a big land auction coming out. We've had them there before. We've got a land auction in uh, Thurman, Iowa coming up. Well, the land's actually around Sydney, but it's going to be held at that Thurman. We've had one, Luke, remember? Yep, it's Hunting Lodge. Yeah, Very it's nice Hunting place. Lodge. So Sportsman, I think, is the name of it. Sportsman's Lodge, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place, decorated with a lot of trophy mounts and things. So yeah, you find a place to have the auction and, uh, and get that day. And so then when you get there, you, hopefully you're... Uh, Advertising will bring you a crowd, and uh, and then uh, and of course they all want a lot of them come. You you might a typical auction today, a lot of them will come just to kind of test the market, see what their own land's worth. So you might have, you know, it's not uncommon to have anywhere from forty, fifty, or more, and uh, come to that auction today. Now all those won't be bidders. It'd be nice if they were, but a lot of them won't. A lot of them come for the for the coffee and the donuts. A lot of them come for free lunch. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Free lunch. We've done that before. We've yeah. served, we've served a steak sandwich before, and I knew why. Watch one hundred and fifty people. So I get I go. We get close to break again. I guess Jane and my <laughs> assistant here. She's she keeps me on track. She's pretty good at that. She, you know, whatever she gives me the eye. I know. Hey, shape up. So, so anyway, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna take a break here pretty quick. But but anyway, we'll get you about to the auction. We'll uh, when we get back, we'll kind of go through the auction a little bit, and then I'm gonna address. Uh, values and how you arrive at them. Okay, thank you. We'll see you after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly-based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy, with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jaina at edspencer.com. That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com. And she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Hi, everybody. Uh, Ed and Luke, we're back here. Uh, we're uh, then uh, glad to be back. Again, we'd like to have you call in, and I can't imagine everybody out there just just agrees with everything I say. It's kind of, I'm kind of ready to go into shock. Usually, don't, people don't agree with everything I say. Maybe I'll call in. <laughs> yeah. huh? Maybe I'll call in. They don't yeah. Always say yeah, Luke that. doesn't always agree with me. He, he, he wants to know if he can call in. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we can have a little debate here. There's nothing that no, we can't. A little back and forth. Yeah, but uh, but that's healthy, you know. Not everybody agrees with everything, but but what we do, what we've done so far, is brought you up to kind of where the auction starts. Okay, we've kind of booked the auction in your preliminary work. We've advertised the auction. We got to the auction venue, maybe a community center in small town Iowa, Nebraska, small town USA, someplace, and uh, we've ordered uh, kind of I don't know six, seven, eight dozen donuts from the local uh, grocery store. Or bakery, and then we've got coffee, and we've got orange juice, and we've got water, and people start coming in the door. Now, when they come in that door, what you hope they do is they all walk up to, uh, usually, uh, Jana is my assistant here, Hannah, uh, in our office here, uh, we have different clerks that might uh, work the auctions, but when they come in, the first thing she'll do, she'll be sitting up at the front door, or the clerks will, and they'll ask them for a buyer's number, and, and you want to record that buyer's number if they're going to bid on that on that tract of land, you may or may not know who your buyers are. Uh, it's not uncommon for investors to show up from a long ways away and uh, and be interested in that tract of land. So you need to take their, they'll show you an ID and they'll take their information and so you know who, and you want to kind of establish that, you know, they're, they're bidding on a, on a, on a, they're making a major purchase, which may be in the millions of dollars. So you want to know who your kind of, who your client is, who your bidder is. And one thing that, that we do, I was meant to touch on a little bit ago, one of the terms of the auction is that it's not subject to financing. So that takes you back, you know, where I said, wait, why we need like a four-week uh, lineup to have the auction so they can get their financing. Because when they come that day and bid, and, and they're the winning bidder, if, if they are, then they're going to sign a purchase agreement. Uh, my girls will, will meet them at the, at the table or afterwards and uh, they'll do the math most land today 
is so most uh, agricultural land today is sold on a dollar per acre basis. And we usually use, you can use taxable acres, gross acres. We usually, we use uh, taxable acres. And then so that, so uh, Luke and I and, and our, and Steve Christensen as uh, a ring man for us, uh, have been with us for years and years. We'll, we'll conduct the auction. We'll get up there and uh, give you the terms and conditions of the auction. So, in preparation, after we book the auction, we do what's called a sales flyer that will will uh, uh, tell everything about the land. That flyer will tell uh, you know when the auction date is, where the farm is, uh, and uh, the terms. We usually ask uh, for ten percent down the day of the auction is common, and so you can see when they come today at the farmland values. If they're going to buy a hundred acres of land that's worth eight to ten thousand acre million dollars, they're going to have to write a check a lot of times for a hundred to two hundred thousand. And uh, you want to know who's writing that check, and, and of course you want it to be good. So, what the the terms of that land auction is that uh, the land you're bidding is not subject to financing, which means, as opposed to a listing method, but if you were going to list that farm and get a purchase agreement written on that farm, and during the listing method they could come up and say, hey, I'm going to make that this offer subject to financing. I want to talk to my banker Joe and see if I can afford it. Okay. That's different than the, than the auction method. The auction method, you're saying that you've got the power to buy that farm. So when they, when they bid, if they get the, 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 uh, the uh, winning bid and they come up after the auction, then they're going to write a check for you. It's typical in our world. Now, another auctioneer can call in and, and uh, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. But typically in our world, we ask here in the Midwest, we ask for 10% of that price down. So... That's just the easy figure is 100 acres at 10,000 acres, a million dollars. And so we asked for them to, uh, to write a check for that $100,000. And, and so their, bid, their bidding is not subject to financing. So that when they sign that purchase agreement, they're saying that they have the wherewithal to complete that purchase. And so that, that $100,000 will go in, a, it, it can go in our trust account, a broker's trust account. In Iowa now, you have to be a broker to sell land. Several different states, uh, and that came about, what was it, two or three years ago, Jana? Two years ago. Yeah, the laws got changed. Before, an auctioneer could sell land, and it wasn't required to be a broker. And Iowa now is with many states. I'm licensed in several states, and I think basically all of them, aren't they, uh, that you have to be a broker to, to auction land. So so that, that earnest money can go in a broker's trust account, in the, whatever state we're, that we're licensed in to do business in, and it can go in that trust account, and it stays there for the benefit of the buyer until until that transaction closes, and and uh, so or in an estate uh, uh, proceedings or whatever, an attorney for the estate uh, they can request that that land be uh, that that excuse me that earnest deposit be held in their trust account, which is done lots of times, you know, and and uh, and so anyway. That, and so then that stays there. Basically, it's typically from the day that, that you have the auction to you close, you, you're typically looking at 30 days. So, so 30 days from the day you have the auction, you're, you get your title work done. Title work means it's, it's the same thing in farmland as it is if you buy a house or whatever. You want to know that the title's clear, that there's no clouds on the title. That's done in Iowa. We're one, we're one of the last states uh, here. Well, I think we are the last state. And we are the last state that, that does abstracts. Uh, abstracts are a written history of the property. Uh, 
uh, they're kind of they make good entertain entertainment. They're they're fun to to read, and and everyone's wills and things are in there, and and, uh, and but it's a written history of that of that property to show you how it's passed down. It started at a, as a patent from the United States of America back in the 1800s or so, and and it's uh, traded uh, how it's traded the different owners were through its history. So that's really interesting. We like our abstracts. Uh, then when you do that, it's the responsibility of the seller to bring that abstract up to date. It's responsibility of the buyer to have an attorney that he trusts will read that abstract. Now there are, there are exceptions to it. We are close enough around the edge of the state personally. And some of the states that we're licensed in, that you don't have to use abstracts. Uh, some of them you can can use title insurance. But uh, here again, Iowa, we're kind of diehards. We like our abstracts. We like to uh, be able to read them and, and see uh, who got left out of what will. And, well, they're interesting to read. Yeah, they are interesting to read. I had a, I, who got divorced? Yeah, who got divorced and what happened. I had a farm. I, we do have a farm. And it was interesting. It was just a 40-acre tract of land. You read the read the, uh, read the the in the in the history of it, it just comes right out and said that the owner uh, was not happy with his son, and it said right in there because his his son wouldn't come home at night, or, or when he thought he should come home, or whatever. I'm sure he come home at some time, but anyway, <laughs> but he wasn't happy, and so he left him out of the will. So uh, you know that it, it you know, but this makes fun, interesting, and, and interesting reading. So after an attorney. <coughs> Excuse me. The attorney for that's working for that buyer will look at that abstract and say that hey, you know, the abstract is clear. There's no clouds on the title. So if you part with your money, your money's safe. To know that uh, nobody else is going to come up and claim ownership of that land, and more importantly, if you're going to get a loan on that farm, that your lender will be in first position. That there won't be any, that uh, they'll be in the first position, and, and there's no title problem. So that's very very important. So then you move, once all that's done, you move to closing, and, uh, and then you close, and, and we do, we, uh, you provide a closing statement, you can do it, our, we do it ourselves in our office, since we're brokers, or we do it a lot of times in cooperation with an attorney. We do a lot of business with attorneys all over the country, and, and uh, so, so uh, we can do the closing either way, and the closing is basically, that's when the money trains hands. That's payday. It's payday for everybody. It's payday for the auctioneer. It's payday for the auctioneer's helpers. It's payday for the sales help. It's payday for everyone. So that's what you work towards. And then basically, it's, more importantly, it's payday for your client. Your client gets a gets a check, and hopefully it's a big check that he's happy with. And and uh, and then that concludes the auction. And, and hopefully he can go on and, and tell them what a good job uh, his auctioneer did. And boy, if I ever sell any more land, hopefully that's the ideal outcome. If I ever sell any more land, I'm going to have them. And, they were honest with me, and they were fair with me, and they knew what they were doing, and they conducted a good auction, and they had a good, uh, pleasant outcome. So that's what everybody's after, and that's what we try to do, and that's that's the ideal. And, and I guess I'm fortunate enough throughout my career that I can say I guess the majority of them are that way. And so uh, we're thankful for that. So anyway, that's how the, kind of the auction goes, from uh, land auction from start to finish. As I go through this radio series, I'm going to try to pick a different topic. I will pick a different topic. And uh, but I thought today, since we do with so many land auctions, this would be the one to pick. I want to take a little time here, and uh, on the rest of this segment, and we're going to go. I want to talk about that. We got back. We just we uh, established that an auctioneer had to 
had to assess the land and establish the quality of the land. Well, in Iowa, which where our business started and where our home office is, there's called a CSR rating, and it's called a corn suitability rating. And what that does is uh, it establishes, it was done back in 1971, Iowa State University uh, came up with a, uh, a rating to rate the soils in Iowa. So every farm, there's a soil map that pertains to all the land in the state of Iowa. Of course, each farm, it's typical to have five, well, I don't know, it's typical to have, a, I'd say, from three to five or six different soil types, two or more, it, it All usually all one farm. It's possible to have a farm that's just one type, but usually it's a, it's got some different types on it. Well, each type of that soil is assigned a number, and it's based on its ability to grow corn. And uh, from one to a hundred, I haven't seen any one yet. That wouldn't be. <laughs> but but usually, typically, uh, here in the Midwest, a typical farm, a, a typical farm is. Uh, well, we get close. Okay, uh, she's looking at me again. All right, typically. <laughs> A typical farm here is uh, it basically anywhere from in the mid-50s to it could be up in the 80s. And, and the higher the number, the better. And we come back from our break here in a little bit. We'll, go, we'll finish our, our talk about quality of soil and uh, a little bit and how that's established. And then I'm going to finish up the show a little bit, I think, with, uh, uh, with values and things. So anyway, uh, we'll be back here in a little bit. We'll finish up our uh, quality assessment, CSR ratings in different states and that kind of thing. And then we'll, uh, we'll be back. Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jana at edspencer.com. 
That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com, and she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we're having a good show, I think, today. It's, uh, of course, I, I like to talk about land and the, the process of selling land at auction, and it's near and dear to my heart, so I'm having a good time. Luke's here with me. And uh, Luke uh, is is an auctioneer here with us. He's also my son. Yeah, Luke has caught bids and at auctions ever since he was what? Probably uh, seven or eight. I would seven say. or eight. I was going to say nine. Did you start that Maybe early? Nine, seven nine. or eight. I'm just joking. But he's been doing it for his whole life, and uh, he's very very good at it. And we've got another uh, gentleman uh, that can. Uh, takes bids uh, for us and has been with us for over 30 years, uh, uh, Steve Christensen that's a real good ring man for us. And, and so anyway, that's a, that's a big part of our company. At the last segment, we started to talk about, uh, we kind of took you in a crash course about, you know, how you start, to, how you book a land auction, talk to your client, uh, get the land auction, advertise the land auction, hold the land auction, and then you close it. So, you know, this we're on the business channel, and I can't think, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, uh, land sales have to rank up their, you know, in total dollars uh, trans, uh, con- that are moved around from uh, place to place uh, has to rank right up there with the, with the uh, dollar of farmland values today. So I want to touch a little bit about, I'm going to try to get in that, on the CSR rating. I'll touch on that a little bit. Then I'd like to get into some of these actual land sales that have been uh, closed, and it kind of goes to show you, you know, why, you know, how uh, or, or what we're talking about, and how we how we get these kind of values. Uh, anyway, uh, we get to the value a little bit. I touched a little bit on CSR rating, corn suitability rating. That's what we do in Iowa. What makes it just a little uh, confusing and in the right word, but there's been a CSR rounds as, as I said since 1971, established by Iowa State University. That's been kind of the Bible it, it is to know is the quality. Obviously, a, a, a farm with a CSR of 70 or 80 is a, uh, supposedly a better farm than than 60 or 70 uh, or 50 or 60. But I, I can also say I'll never forget one of the best farms I've ever sold as far as productivity is had a 40 CSR. So it's not it's not written in stone. It, it's just a guide. And uh, there can be exceptions to the rule, but that's the CSR that everybody goes to. What happens is when a farm is sold per acre, they take uh, they'll take the dollars per tillable acre. When you take the total value of that farm, they'll divide the tillable acre uh, number of tillable acres into that, and they'll get a price per tillable acre. Okay, then you take that and you divide it by the CSR rating of that farm, and then you get a dollars per CSR point. So hence, that's the value that a lot of appraisers and bankers and everybody uses. And you'll hear at the coffee shop that farm brought uh, 120 a CSR point or 150. I think that last, the highest price that we've sold here in the recent recent past, meaning the last oh year year and a half, has been in the twos. I think we've put it. We've had some. I think 205 or two, and uh, and then also we've had some in the 150. Right today, I guess you'd have to say. The range at per CSR points in the hundred and probably twenty to hundred and sixty range, something like that, would be the bulk of it. But what complicates things a little bit here is they come up with this now, just lately. I mean, lately, just now, they've come up with the uh, Dr. Burris at uh, Iowa State University come up developed a CSR two. Now, I guess what that's supposed to do is uh, t- have a few more factors that it takes into consideration to determine the quality of a piece of land. And that uh, has to do with, of course, rainfall and, 
and uh, a lot of different things. So it's called a CSR2. So now, usually, well, you do refer to a CSR2, and then, and that used, or in my instances, in this, in the part of the world I'm in, that CSR2 nine times out of ten will be higher than CSR1. So I'm working on a farm right now that uh, we just just a little bit ago we it had a CSR one of uh, of sixty uh, or sixty one something like that it had a CSR two of seventy one so obviously improved dramatically now here again you know the farm didn't get that much better just overnight but it's the way you that that the quality of that soil is interpreted that changed it. So if anybody that's knowledgeable will say in your advertisement, obviously you want to advertise the higher numbers, so this farm's got a CSR2 of 80, okay, well, then the next question will say, okay, that's fine, what was the CSR1? And so the CSR1 has been established and been used as a benchmark, you know, for years and years and years, and, and so it's, uh, people relate to that. The CSR2 is fine, I'm sure it's, it's fine, but it just goes to to show you it didn't automatically change, you know, 100% in quality overnight. So Iowa's got the CSR rating, as I said, established in 1971, and uh, CSR2 uh, established by Dr. Burris at Iowa State here just, just recently. I think it went into effect, what, within the last? January. January, I think. I think yeah, that's right. Okay, now, so Iowa, CSR and Iowa are synonymous, go hand in hand. Now, Nebraska's got its own... Uh, own uh, benchmark or, or yardstick for quality, and it's called SRPG. That's that's called soil rating for plant growth. Basically, it does kind of the same thing. It takes in the uh, types of soil and how it how it uh, grows plants and whatever. So the higher the SRPG, uh, the better. It'd be kind of nice if they had just a uniform rating that all for soils all over the USA, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Indiana, they've got what's called a PI, a productivity index, and uh, same type of thing. You know, each soil and it's whatever. So basically, no, no matter what they call them, it, it basically does the same thing. The higher the, the higher number, the better. Uh, and uh, how good will that piece of ground should it? How how? And it's all related to corn. Of course, Iowa's corn, corn, corn. It's a corn state. So if it'll grow good corn, it'll also grow good uh, soybeans. It'll also grow uh, good uh, uh, sunflowers. It'll grow good wheat. It'll grow good oats. Uh, so, but but they don't refer to a, a oat uh, soilability rating or a wheat. It's all CSR corn. Again, Nebraska SRPG soil rating for plant growth. Indiana PI productivity uh, index. Minnesota CER. That's the crop equivalent rating is what the Minnesota calls it. So a lot of different states have, have that uh, kind of benchmark and to establish, uh, you know, to establish value. But I thought it might be a little, now we've kind of told you a little bit about land and how you get there and different things. Uh, I'm going to go through a little, uh, some values here a little bit and uh, kind of show you how, how these, these add up. And I'll give, I won't hit just on Iowa. I'll try to hit different states here and, uh, and, and give you uh, a little idea. And, and obviously, in the heart of the Corn Belt, meaning Iowa, Nebraska, Indiana, Illinois is, is just as good, uh, probably uh, with a, of a history of, of prices as Iowa, and because uh, they're more, it's more uh, corn ground or more crop land. Uh, 
Here's a farm here that sold on January 17th in Hamilton County, Indiana. It was just 40 acres. Now, again, a, a small tract of 40. Radio Bring More Money, it brought $10,625 an acre, per acre. Here's one in South Dakota. Getting a little north, it, it's not, maybe not as uh, uh, high uh, of index there, and it's brought 7700 an acre. That was on January 16th. Here's... Uh, uh, here's one in Nebraska, Logan County, uh, brought uh, $6,084 an acre on December 18th. And uh, and so here's one, here's the high end, or higher end, in Sioux County, Iowa, November 15th, 149 acres. It was northeast of Orange City, Iowa. And it, again, it was an 80 acres, which is a lot of people can afford, 76 acres tillable, CSR of 65.8. It brought uh, and had and had a, a CSR one of sixty four point eight, CSR two of seventy one point seven. It brought fifteen thousand six hundred an acre. So you take that times one hundred forty nine acres, and you can see how it's uh, you get into dollars pretty quick, and how it affects value and wealth and everything in America. And that's what I want to establish here with this program today is to let you know how uh, land values affect everybody, and, and uh, whether it's in your family or or you currently own it or whatever, how uh, it goes in, and uh, it's very, very important is in the business community and I think it's, uh, that's one of the reasons I think we put this uh, uh, this show in the in the business category because I think it's it's very, very important. So uh, next show, we haven't, we'll watch the uh, ads, you know, the publicity here we'll put out, we're going to pick another topic next week. Uh, I want to, I've got a, a friend, a world champion auto auctioneer, I'm going to try to get him to to be a part of the show next week. If that does, we'll 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 uh, his specialty is classic car auctions. So if I can get him, uh, we'll uh, we'll try to do that. But again, watch the advertising, and you'll know what we're doing next week. Anyway, thank you very very much for listening. I hope you've learned something about land and land markets. On behalf of myself and Luke, uh, we thank you. And we'll look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you very much. Thank you again for tuning in to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. Please join us again next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Ed and Luke Spencer hope to speak with you then.